Raised on D&D Podcast helps to enrich your family's gaming experience by bringing you interviews with parents, educators, game designers, and influencers. Join us as we delve into the many ways that tabletop role-playing games inspire creativity, develop communication skills, and create long-lasting bonds among players. Your host has been an avid gamer since childhood, and now his kids are being raised on D&D. Here is your host, Nick Cardarelli. Welcome back, gamers. I'm your host, Nick Cardarelli, and this is Raised on D&D. My next guest is from Mumbai, India. He's the founder of Chai and Games, which is a board gaming cafe as well as a board game YouTube channel. He's excited to start a new location by the name of Bombay Board Game Club, which will be a bigger space for the board game community in India. Please welcome Ronak Chatalia. Hey, Nick. It's good and going good. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I can't wait to hear all about your board game cafe right there in Mumbai. But before we jump into that, can you take us back to your very first experience with tabletop role-playing games where your love for Dungeons & Dragons began? Oh, that's a very funny story. You know, there was a time where I, I did not have a lot of things to do. And uh, that's where I used to sign up for random uh, meetups, you know, not random meetups. I would obviously curate them. I went for a very nice cycling tour uh, in my neighborhood and I went for a book reading and sort of that sort of stuff. And uh, something caught my eye one day where, uh, you know, a gentleman was hosting a board games meetup, you know, and that was something very curious. I went, I was very curious about it. So they hold, held it at a, a nice cafe. And that's when I, I went over there, I learned the games, I saw fell a, a lot of other people who look like me, you know, who are of my age and who are very nice and very accommodating to me, right? So that's when I thought, okay, let's try this out. And the first game that I played was a, a fair bit of a complex game. There was a small learning curve on it, right? But I kind of managed to learn it and I also managed to win it twice over, right? So that's when I thought that, oh, this is something which I, I really like. And obviously, I made some new friends that day. And uh, it kind of made me feel very warm inside. You know, like after a long time, I'm meeting new people. I'm, you know, interacting. And, uh, you know, I people are so nice, generally, in the community, right? So that made me go back to the, you know, the hobby and frequenting meetups. And then I would actively seek out, you know, games, Right. And then uh, my hunger was insatiable. So I would just buy more <laughs> games and I would host at my place. Right. And that's where the journey started. So, yeah, that's that's how, um, you know, the board games journey started. But also there were some people who would play a different type of tabletop game. Right. Which was Dungeons and Dragons. And again, I was very curious about it. Like, so. So what I would do is just I signed up randomly. I said that, all right, we'll figure it out and again they were so nice to me they said Ron, don't worry about it you know we'll send you some stuff before and you just have to go through it and on the spot and it's your first campaign so don't worry about it right it, you just you do you i think that's that's what stuck with me you know that those terms say that sentence saying you do you all right don't worry about us don't come into anyone's pressure so that was when my dnd journey started you know i came as a guest as my first uh, couple of times in some someone else's campaign and I was just very blown that how they managed to you know um, be in character and then not be in character and just pass the chips and then in character just fight with each other again and that was some something very interesting for me and I want to be able to do, do that so yeah in a nutshell that's my story of how it all started 
That's amazing. And w- what I like is with tabletop role-playing games, they said, you do you. And all those possibilities, all those options open up before you. And you're like, I can do pretty much anything. And that really frees you as a gamer to say, oh, I don't have to stick to the board or to this turn or to this round. I can I can interrupt. I can go in a different direction. That's incredible. So, Ron, do you, I know it's been a while, but do you remember what that first game was about? Like what the, the story was, what your character was, those kind of things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned that I was, I was a guest in a couple of games, right? So I was an orc. My name was Zakara. And um, uh, the the DM, she was a very cool uh, DM, right? She told me like, what do you want to be? Just pull up some picture off of the internet and that's what you look like. So I, I, I pulled off a very muscular, tall, six feet, you know, I just have double axes and all that. And there were seven people in that party and I was the eighth, I was the guest. Wow. Right. So they basically were uh, flying, uh, you know, somewhere uh, they were going from place A to place B. And I was just the messenger of one of the, you know, NPCs over there. And they happened to uh, come across a crossroads. They they happened to see underneath uh, their uh, flying, I don't know what you call that, uh, but they had some flying ship. Right. Uh, so they happened to see some other uh, antagonists down the road and you won't believe for four hours, the whole party was just arguing with each other. Like, what should we do? It was a it was a moral dilemma. Half of them were on one side saying that, oh, no, we need to get down and we need to kill those guys. Right. And the other half is like, no, we don't want to kill for the sake of killing. Right. And the DM is consoling me and she's telling me that oh, it's OK, Ronak, just have some chips. This happens every day. Like, this is normal. <laughs> so like okay <laughs> really i mean this was fun and like i said i like i mentioned earlier you know they're just arguing and there's this huge moral debate going on and they were actually you know getting up from their seats and maybe you know raising their voice at each other but once in a while they would just go on a break and they would say that okay okay guys uh, we need to order food like who's who's who wants pizza who wants tacos who wants this right and i i'm the look on my face is just confusing what is happening over here Right? Are these guys actually fighting? Are these they are not? Wait, wait, what they weren't they just shouting at each other a moment ago, right? So those were my learnings from the first session, and I got invited for the second session where I I got a small chance to be a hero for a moment. There was a small combat that the DM gave us, right? And uh, that was basically you know, and I got a glimpse of what a long running campaign would be like. You know, and then I'm like, oh, man, I got to do this. But unfortunately, I did not find any DMs uh, which were available. So what do you do? You become a DM, right? That's right. That's uh, right. So I, <laughs> so obviously, I, I looked up the books. I bought a couple of them. I was too lazy to read through them. Then I got, I discovered uh, a person. I forgot his name, John or something. He makes this very cool one shots uh, for people to play. Right, like a one-shot uh, adventure. Okay. Right, so there's one called the Witch is Dead. Then there's one called the Honey Heist. So if you're familiar with those, these are very cool two-hour, three-hour one-shot, uh, you know, uh, adventures. Which and the characters are pre-made, you know, and it's a very simple uh, D10, uh, you know, uh, system. Uh, you know, they use it. So get a couple of D10s and then you just play with them. That wow. Way. So that's, that's what I like DMing. Now, Ron, you're married. Is that right? Yes, I am. And is your wife also a gamer? 
my wife is a casual gamer i would say she she would play games only when she has time right because she she also has a full time job and she's tired after work and she says that you know i'd rather you know meet some friends or do something but the good thing is for me is that uh, once in a while she says that oh ronak you have a game to play right and i just light up i say oh sabit what huh? wait hold on let me check what i have like let me wait, 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 i just quickly run to the cafe and it will just take 15 minutes and i'll come back and i'll get a nice game don't worry about it <laughs> so those are the few moments that i really cherish and the uh, it's it's short lived because she you know um what do you say she 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 beats me very badly let me call it that <laughs> that's wonderful yeah. uh yeah i i learned very early on not to play competitive games with my wife uh monopoly any kind of game where it's very stressful and very competitive trivial pursuit uh, absolutely not that's one of the things that i love about tabletop role playing games too is that it's cooperative right so you're you're not really competing even really against the dungeon master you're all working together to make a story so it makes it a little bit easier nick you also dm right you are you are also a dungeon master right yes yes i am sure. let me ask you this so what 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 goes on in your mind when you see your players are uh, stuck in a moral dilemma Mm-hmm. like are you uh do you do you become like this like aha you know like <laughs> let me see what you do now like, let me let me feel I mean, this is very interesting right? <laughs> or how do you solve this puzzle well, what so, goes on in your head when something like this comes up so if there's a moral dilemma for the heroes and i didn't put it there i'll give the players some time to work through it but then i think maybe they don't have enough information So as the dungeon master I will either I try to inject an NPC who might be able to give more information so that they can decide or I will like the director of a film I will change the tempo by adding an event uh which will help them decide one way or the other so they're not in a gridlock but I but yes I have had wonderful wonderful sessions where the the characters the party is split on how to handle a moral dilemma and watch them argue it out and everyone seems to enjoy that as well i think the biggest thing as a dungeon master in those things is as delightful as they are you just have to pay attention to your players and recognize whether or not they're enjoying it right so if they're not enjoying it then again like i said as the director uh of the of the story flow i would interject something that would move things along because you never want the players to be in such a gridlock that the fun level starts to decrease right do you agree yep i absolutely agree I, you know so so the uh, the one shots that i dm most of the time you know i often get new players all the time right because um, when when i when i'm uh, hosting at the cafe when i'm attending the cafe uh, there are a lot of college students and there are a lot of people who generally come up to me and say that hey we would like to play dnd we've seen uh, dungeons and dragons on uh, popular tv shows like the big bang theory or like the stranger things and all of that right and they want to be part of it but they don't know how to or do what to right so what i do that instead of telling them to read go through books and or watch videos 
I just tell them that why don't you sign up for a newbie session, like a one, you know, first time session. We'll do a small two hour adventure and then you decide if you want to get on to a, yeah, if you want to get on to a longer adventure, mm -hmm. right? Or something like that. So I will make them, in, uh, once they like my first uh, adventure, the first one that I host, I don't know what to call it anymore. So one shot basically, yeah. So if, if once they like it and that is more role playing heavy, all right, it's not more about rules. It's mm -hmm. more about role playing heavy where, uh, like I said, the pre-made characters are the ones which are animals, right? So you be you can be a fox, I can be a raven, someone can be a frog, someone can be something like that. Now, if you're a frog and you tell me that, oh, I want to jump 20 feet high. So I just ask them a simple question that, okay, you're a frog. Do you think, can you jump 20 feet high? So the answer is no. So then I would say yes. So that would be role playing. You know, that could be, if you are a frog, intuitively, you cannot do some things, right? You cannot uh, run as fast as the fox or the dog, you know, so you have to come up with a creative way to get from point A to point B, right? So that's when they light up. They say, oh, okay, can I, can I get on top of the raven and can the raven, can you, you know, help me go the other side and so on and so forth. So that helps the cooperation. They, they instantly, within the first 15 minutes, they get to know that, hey, we need to cooperate to solve these problems. Yeah, that's when I tell them that this is, this is a little bit of what Dungeons and Dragons is. That is wonderful. And so instead of trying to get all into the, well, what is an elf and what is an orc and how is a dwarf different from everybody else? They start off with characters that they can recognize and understand like small wilderness creatures. They are already realizing, well, this one's better at this and I'm better at that, but we have to work together to accomplish the goal. I think that's excellent idea. I've, I've never done that. I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever heard of doing it that way. And I think that is terrific, especially if you're playing with younger players. I think one of the things that really grinds the fun to a halt is what's an elf? What's a hobbit? Why are they different? Do I have magical powers? Can I fly? Those kind of things. But it, especially if you bring the game to children, if families are gaming together and they tell the children, hey, you're a hamster and you're a frog and you're a bird, that makes it much easier for younger players to go, oh, I know what those things are and what they can do. So that's wonderful. Thank you, Ron. That's an excellent idea. And I, I'm going to have to try it myself. I think that's great. Ron, how do you go from going to these meetups, going to these board games, going to these uh, making cameos and RPGs to saying, you know what? I think I'm going to open my own store. How did the inspiration come about for Chai and Games? I saw a lot of people who want to play these games, right? Who want, whose, whose eyes light up when you make them play a game. Whose eyes light up, you know, when you, when you play a, a, an adventure with them for two, three hours. And then they call you back again saying that, hey, this was, this was good. Uh, when can we do this again? Are you free next Saturday? Right. Can we do this, you know, next time? So enough of that had happened. And that's when I said that. And then even I would, you know, uh, before sleeping, I would think that, hey, wouldn't it be nice to have a place where people could come and they could, uh, you know, sit and, uh, well, they have basically easy access to these board games. Right. So 
that's when I decided that, hey, why don't I open? I mean, like, what would it take? So I would just list all of these things down. And I said that, hey, if I do this and this, maybe I can open up a place like that, right? So I think that's when the inspiration from Chine Games came. Where it's basically the people are the ones who made me do it. You know, the people are the one who said that, I mean, enough people said that, oh, wouldn't it be nice that there would be a place? Because honestly, uh, there are a lot of cafes in Mumbai. There are many, many cafes in Mumbai, each with its own different concept. And someone is selling you, uh, there are, uh, there's a Lego-based cafe, there's a comics-based cafe, there's an anime manga-based cafe. You know, every cafe has its own hook. But wow. unfortunately, board gamers were, were not so comfortable over there. Because they would have small tables, there would be a requirement to uh, order food consistently, right? And they um, they would not be that friendly to board gamers or D and D, you know, people. So if you want to host a D and D session, you have to do it at someone's place, mm-hmm. right? There was no public avenue that they could schedule and everyone could meet up, and you know, somebody would take care of the service and so on and so forth, right? Plus in Mumbai, everyone, you know that in a big city, everyone is in a hurry all the time, right? So people would have a big problem scheduling uh, for a session. They would always, you know, at the last minute say, oh, I've got something come up. You know, I'm so sorry. I can't do it. You know, I can't show up and so on and so forth. So a place, having a place actually eliminated a lot of those issues and made them committed saying, no, no problem. We'll come. We'll book the spot. We'll book a table at so-and-so giant games. No worry, we will make sure that we are there, right? And as a cafe, I provided them the DM screen, the books, the dice and everything, which they don't have to physically purchase. They just have to come to the cafe with an office bag and same in the office clothes with the tie on and all of that. They go back home after that. So anyway, the point is to solve problems, which I kind of, I think I did to a certain extent. And that's why people love giant games. And thankfully, we have a huge community of people now who are uh, tabletop RPG gamers, board gamers. And uh, yeah, and that's what that's why people like it so much, I guess. That's phenomenal. And you're absolutely right. There's uh, one universal curse of the tabletop gamer, and that is the schedule. You solve that problem by giving them that place to come to, that table. And hey, we have reservations. We can't break them. It's easy to tell you, I can't make it to your house, but just know, hey, it's a special time. This is the only time uh, we got to go. The table's waiting for us. They make the commitment. They go. Yeah, I have a small story to share. I have a I have a friend and uh, her colleague, her boss, basically uh, came down from UK to Mumbai, right? And uh, he had a tradition in London where he lived. I think UK in London, that's where he lived. He had a tradition every Tuesday night was uh, D&D night with his group, right? And once he came down um, uh, to Mumbai and he was living here, so obviously he can't go there and uh, uh, attend the session. So what we did is, uh, my friend told me that Ronak, my boss is crazy into D&D, right? So we scheduled a session of D&D for him, right? Oh, here at Giant Games. And he clicked a picture and he sent it to his wife that, hey, listen, I'm not missing D&D this Tuesday still. Even though I'm in Mumbai, I'm still not missing D&D. Don't worry about it. And he was so happy that, uh, you know, usually when folks who come down from other countries to India for work, they sometimes, most of the times, they don't uh, know what to do here, right? They'll probably catch a movie after work or they'll meet some colleagues. But because of the language barrier and the culture barrier, 
they are a little shy to talk to you know to attend events right they feel a little out of place sometimes but in uh, you know when when he was here he was so much and his he, he was he was like a child you know when you, when you look at him he was like oh then what happens oh no i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and i have pictures of him doing that and he tweeted also and he he tagged his wife saying that guys listen i'm not missing dnd at all right so that was a fun story you know so even though someone who's you know so, so far away coming down and we are connecting with them and there was an instant connection right once you when someone you know you know from the hobby and when you talk in a certain language there's an instant like how you and i are able to talk right we've never met each other but still we have this connect between us we understand each other that's a wonderful story you've made a safe port for gamers traveling abroad and to find people that are similar to them no matter how far away they've traveled from and that that's incredible and i have spoken with gamers from 14 different countries i actually 15 right now and so it, what i love about talking to gamers from around the world is how similar our journeys are and our passion for gaming and how this game that started in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin by Gary Gygax has joined us all together around the world. I think that is wonderful tribute to his memory. Gamers, if you're in Mumbai for business or on vacation, make sure you're stopping by Chayan Games to find gamers just like you. I think that's terrific. Now, Ron, I follow you on all the social medias. You're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, you're on YouTube. And I know that you are opening up a new location and there's going to be a big event coming up next week. Can you tell us about the new location and the event? Yes, the event is basically the launch of the Bombay Board Game Club. This is basically a very good location in the heart of Mumbai where people from all areas of Mumbai and sometimes even out of Mumbai can visit us and play their favorite board games. We also have a separate section where people can plan their Dungeons and Dragons events and sessions over there. So all you have to do is just tell us in advance and we'll make sure that your DM screen and your dice and everything is ready. All you have to do is just come and enjoy. That's fantastic. And what kind of things do you have planned for the big event coming up on January 26th? So on the big event, we are going to have a competition, a board game tournament of different, different board games over there. And there's going to be cash prizes to be won as well. And also you'll be meeting and networking with other fellow board gamers, which is actually very much necessary when you want to find gamers or players for your games. So that is something which uh, we are planning on that day. Also, one more thing could be there is that there are going to be discounts. We are going to open a retail section and on the first day, on the launch day, we are going to have some big discounts on the board games, which are probably your favorite board games, right? So you want to check out uh, by coming over there or by checking out the online event that if you can get the, get your hands on those games. That's fantastic. And with the online event, where can people go to participate in the online event? What website do they need to visit? They all, all they need to do is just subscribe to Chai and Games YouTube channel. Most likely, we'll be streaming on our YouTube uh, channel directly, the online event, and we'll be hands-on and uh, also answering any questions in the comments. 
I'm so excited. I can't wait to go. I won't, unfortunately, I won't be in Mumbai that week, but I definitely will be on YouTube watching the live show and you'll see me in the comments. Ron, thank you again. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. What is your advice for folks who might be a little shy or hesitant to get into Dungeons and Dragons, to get into the hobby? Well, what is your advice for them to help them feel comfortable to sit down and give it a try? I mean, I would just say you do you. If, if it's fine, you know, if you're not comfortable playing a certain character, speak out. You know, if you're not comfortable doing something or if you want to become a paladin who's a, you know, lawful good character, go for it, right? And if you don't understand something, speak out. You know, this is what I don't understand because honestly, um, and so this is my experience, right? So people in India usually are not so familiar with uh, popular, um, you know, pop culture from mm -hmm. the Western countries. Right. Oh, For okay. example, most of them have not seen Lord of the Rings. Right. Oh, okay. So, but they connect very nicely to Ind Indian mythology or Indian stories. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where that's what they've grown up learning. So they will not know what a dwarf or an elf would be, you know, in the first go. Right. That's what happened to me. I did not know. Somebody told me you become an orc because orcs are easy to play. And I became an orc and that's what it is. And then when I went home and I Googled what, who, what an orc is, that's when I got to know that, all right, oh, okay, the, the, you know, this is what an orc is, you know. And then I saw Lord of the Rings with my wife. And again, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's fine, right? I mean, that's what the advice I would like to give. That it's okay, don't worry about it. Just sit down, you do you. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask them, right? If you don't know what, you know, a charisma, uh, you know, advantage is or what a bard does you know and something like that feel free to you know just ask away and i'm sure that people are nice enough to help you out and that's what's great about the gaming community everyone is so friendly and helpful and they want you to learn the game they want you to be a part of it they don't want you to be scared of the rules or intimidated by the dice and things like that they want you to feel comfortable and do you. Ron, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you for all of the amazing things that you've done for the gaming community, not only there in Mumbai, but for folks who travel abroad. And your YouTube channel is incredible. And now the YouTube channel is called Chai and Games as well, right? Yes, that's true. What other videos do you have on there to help people learn some of your favorite board games? So we have a lot of how to play videos. Uh, these are popular games which are most most trending right now in India, right? So um, these are some simple games also. Some of the complex games are also there. Some of them are also in Hindi language, which is the national language of India. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them are also in English, you know, so because some a lot of people in the urban cities also speak English. But, so I'm trying to, you know, get a feel, but it's impossible to do... Uh, a how to play video in every language. So I'm trying to stick <laughs> yes. to what I'm good at right now. So that's what I'm doing. But I'm trying to, I'm always open to suggestions. People keep on telling me on comments. Now, what I want to do is I want to go more towards the tabletop role-playing game also because that's that's a genre which has not been uh, explored enough in uh, Indian media yet, right? 
that uh, role playing as a thing i know some friends who are professors in colleges and they have taken up uh, role playing as a they are in film making uh, schools so they have they do they host dnd sessions with their students as uh, you know a gateway to role playing right in film making so that is what uh, and and that's that's progress that's that's when these students come to me and they they told me that rona we would like to you know have a campaign of dungeons and dragons you know because that's our syllabus that's part of what we have to study so that's something very interesting which is going on right now and i would like to do more uh, come come up with more content based on dungeons and dragons and role playing games that's fantastic using dungeons and dragons and education has become a, quite a trend and i think that that's phenomenal that they're doing that right there in mumbai and then the the students are coming to the cafe to to experience more dungeons and dragons I want to go back real quick to what you were talking about earlier about how the western mythology tropes of dungeons and dragons um like elves and dwarves and knights and dragons and things like that are sometimes foreign to indian D&D fans have you personally interjected any of eastern mythology into your D&D games to make it more comfortable and more accessible Yes, I have done it on a very small level right now. But I know people uh, from the Indian D and D community, and there's a large community. Trust me, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just starting off into this. There's a big community in India who does this, and uh, they have actually done a homebrew. They made homebrew adventures. They homebrewed new adventures, which are based on Indian mythology, as far as I know, right. where you have these uh, you know these gods and these uh, demons who are called rakshasas in india right so and there are some ghosts and ghouls which are present over there they have their indian names you know and they have, might have also injected some uh, indian ghost stories or indian myths you know so there's there's a the haunting of the tree and you know there's there's some myths of some some cities and all of that they have very nicely i've heard i've heard from you know all other people that they do a very good job of doing that you know and that kind of localizes uh, dungeons and dragons for us right that kind of makes us feel very personal that oh no no this makes a lot of sense because i've grown up with this mythology and i would love to be a part of this right so and i would love to also like one day play dnd as much as i dm also right but uh, unfortunately yeah my a friend of mine who used to uh dm for our group has uh, moved to uk i i hope he comes back sometime soon but yeah he he used to be a very good dm right uh, if you know this campaign called way of the wicked uh, yes. he made us play that yes that's where we 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 are all villains right and that was a very fun twist to dungeons and dragons where we are not heroes we are villains and we have to uh, do villainous work right i mean like it was it was awkward at first and then after a while it was just easy breezy you know like you find someone on the you know going on the street and you you know, you do some actions and then you know you basically chop their head off or something like that and <laughs> and he was he was very nice he was very nice though uh you know he was like all right don't worry about it you know so that was fun you're talking about uh, putting the hero villain thing on its head i like tabletop role playing games dungeons and dragons because it's good opposing evil right the heroes yeah. overcoming the villains you know sometimes in the real world it's hard with tabletop role playing games 
you know, you get that ex- escape where, you know, we can solve this problem with heroics, right? And so my middle son came to me with a proposition. He said, I would like to play villains in Dungeons and Dragons. And I said, well, I don't really like that. And he says, well, I want to be a dungeon master and I don't, un- I can't understand villains if I've never played one. And I said, well, you have a convincing argument there. So the whole family made villains and I made sure that they were very high level. So they were like ninth level villains uh, right out of the gate. Uh, they had been playing a two year campaign with their own made characters. And so right out of the gate, I had their villains attacking their heroes. I NPC'd their heroes and they were they were distraught with every attack because it was their heroes that were being hit and uh so so it it was very much fun because i was like well if we're going to play villains here you go you can fight your fight your favorite heroes and uh and then i went ahead and i twisted it so some dnd adventures have your heroes unknowingly working for the bad guy, right? That's the big reveal. The big baddie is the Mm. guy who you've been working for the whole time, who's been supplying you, has been giving you missions, that sort of thing. And lo and behold, here's the twist. He's the bad guy, right? So I turned that on its head and I had the bad guys working for a hero and twisted it up. So they they figured out halfway through the mission that they were actually doing something good and that they had been tricked into doing a good thing where heroes are often tricked into doing bad things. And so that's how I handled uh, the villain adventure. Wow. <laughs> Going back who's, to Who's the real about, villain here, Nick? Who, who's the real villain here? <laughs> <laughs> the dungeon master is always the real villain. <laughs> and Ron, I know what it's like to be the forever dungeon master. One of the things that I love about all this new technology and virtual tabletops is now we can play with people from all over the world. I've run D&D games uh, with people from New Zealand to Germany to Canada to Brazil, all at the same table. And it's wonderful. So Ron, uh, whenever we get a chance, you'll get that open invite. And maybe one day we'll have at the table over the internet and we'll all game together. It'll be great. I would love to join. I would love to join this. Ron, thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for everything you're doing for the gaming community there. And thank you for all the wonderful content you're putting on YouTube. Thank you so much, Nick. This was wonderful. I learned so many new things. Like I've incorporated music. I've incorporated, uh, we've incorporated costumes. But uh, the last thing that you said is food, which I've never thought of incorporating, uh, you know, uh, with my on my D&D adventures. But thanks to you, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to definitely learn how to you know, incorporate this. And obviously the twists, you know, this is something which I like to always as a DM, you know, have, have the fun, like you said. So that's what I'm definitely going to do. And But thank you so much. This was such a nice conversation that we had today. And I'm glad to, you know, join you anytime for a game. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Raised on D&D Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow on all your favorite apps and social media.